Business in the Okanagan Matters. This is Law Talk with lawyers Clay Williams and Tanvir Gill from FH&P Lawyers, LLP. They talk business and take your questions at podcast at fhplawyers.com. Now, here's Clay Williams. Welcome to another edition of FH&P Lawyers Business Law Podcast. I just want to get going today because I'm here trying to make awkward small talk with Tanvir about your dog. And, uh, <laughs> you know, you can only talk so much about it. But uh, So with me as usual is Tanvir. How are you? Good, how are you? How's your dog? He is super cute and in his rain jacket today on this rainy day. Oh, yes, super cute. Little mm-hmm. bumble. He has a little bumblebee rain jacket. Okay, look so for sweet. pictures of Tanvir's dog up on our, uh, our podcast. <laughs> so, uh, I want him to be the FHMP mascot. Okay, done. I don't think mm-hmm. there's, a, there's anybody else that's applied for the role. So, uh, yeah, I don't think so. So today we've got a very special guest. Andrea Mays. Welcome, Andrea. Hi, Clay. Thank you for having me on the show. Andrea is an associate at our office here at FHMP, and we actually went to school together. We did. We are both um, calls, 2019 calls from TRU. That's right. And I remember you mentioning first year law school that you are from Lake Country. That's right. Yeah. And do you still live in Lake Country? I do. Yeah. My family lives there, and we live there, and uh, it's a beautiful place to be here in the Okanagan. How long have you been with FHMP? Just over two years. So I did a portion of my articles here in uh, 2019, and then I returned when my articles were finished, and um, I came on as an associate. Andrea, you're here because you've done some some legal research lately, and I yep. thought that would be very interesting to our listeners about who'd be responsible in a scam situation. And, uh, you know, with internet hacking and all the different scams we're getting, you might be curious to know that it's not as open and shut as, as I think a lot of lawyers might think it is. That's right, Clay. It's it's not cut and dry, which often happens in the law. And especially for this emerging issue, it, it can be a little bit of a shady topic. Okay, well, let's talk about some of the scams that, and as, as a law firm, uh, I think we are especially targeted because we do deal with funds. So we are taking our client funds to buy businesses, to buy property. And so, you know, at any given time, we might have a lot of money in our trust account. And I think uh, bad people out there uh, know that and they're coming after us. Okay, so an example of this, which I'd love to ask Tanvir and Clay about because they practice more in this area of law than I do, is when you have a conveyance file or something and you've got a certified check, bank draft or money order. This can even happen with a regular check. Um, and, And what happens when the fraudsters try to trick you into paying them instead of paying out, let's say, to another law firm or a client. Can you touch upon that? Well, sure. I mean, I think it's all the urgency. So, you know, a classic example would be some of your deposits, say, makes a deposit in real estate uh, transaction and decides not to proceed with it and then says, uh, I need my money back, I need my money back, I need my money back. And so they're looking to get their money back from that fraudulent instrument uh, before you find out that it's actually bad. When when there's significant urgency, it, it could be something that's a little bit off. Yeah. And I wanted to jump in and say, sort of on the business side of things, when clients, and, and this could be, you know, self-employed clients, if you're a, a big corporation, your accounts receivable department, and um, when there's an email fraudster who's been lurking in the shadow, so to speak, and 
and and they can be lurking there for quite some time without anybody knowing about them and they take an opportune moment and and they'll hit i actually have an example of this and i'm not going to give names but one of the previous firms i worked at this happened somebody used an email that looked similar to an email of a lawyer in our firm but it wasn't exactly the same it was like da da at da 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 but it wasn't their name at the law firm it was their name looking like it was emailing from a private email that they had like a gmail or hotmail or yahoo whatever they emailed our accounting department asking for a significant sum of money like i'm gonna guess it was like a hundred thousand dollars and said hey specific person in accounting department i need you to transfer me this money right now and the accounting department individual said, sure, no problem, and transferred the money. Wow. Did they actually lose <laughs> yes, the money? Yes. Oh, my Transferred God. the money. Oh. Yeah, that's, that, uh, that happens a lot, actually. Yeah. I guess that's information you can probably just get off the internet. No, it's you know, not just in the accounting department. And, oh, my goodness. That, uh, you always, like, people always assume it's the elderly that are targeted, right? But it's not. People know we have the money sitting in our accounts. People know that we have different departments that don't always communicate properly. And some people don't always follow policies. And there you go. Right. So I, I think with these red flags is maybe just to give our listeners um, some tips as to, you know, if you're feeling that kind of gut reaction to what could be a red flag, what Mm -hmm. to do about it. So for example, for this individual, our suggestion would be to verify that those instructions are correct. So if you've got call, yeah, call, pick up the phone and speak to the person that hopefully you've spoken to before on the other side and, and ensure that they've indeed sent that email. Otherwise it could be a, a, victim of fraud and nobody wants that yeah well okay but how do they know who to send that to and and do you have any thoughts on that or is that getting into your computer system or is that just gleaming stuff from the internet uh, I think I'm not a scam artist, but from what, yeah. from, from what I've seen That's is, like. yeah, <laughs> from what I've seen is people like Tanvir said, they'll copy and paste email signatures. You can get sort of lookalike email accounts, um, email addresses that if you just look quickly or briefly, you wouldn't necessarily see that it's not from a verifiable source. So that's one of the best ways is to check that email. Is it actually the email that you've seen before or is it something like Mr. Joe123lawfirm at gmail.com? We see these all the time. A second thing is look at the grammar. A lot of red flags pop out from the grammar and and just unprofessional language to grammatical errors like spelling and and syntax and stuff like that so that Here, can be i have an example yeah, for you this yeah. is from clay oh, williams right. yes to me good morning i will need your help this morning yeah. let me know if you are available dot dot thanks like totally unrealistic <laughs> <laughs> clay was this you <laughs> And it says AB Firm Seven at there you go yeah something dot com really when yeah. did you get that I got that August sixteenth at four oh six in the morning a.m. Wow. What were mm-hmm. you doing up at four oh six a.m. Because I know you were not working. Wow. So I guess if you replied to that, they would have asked you to deposit transfer, transfer money. Some money. <laughs> Very interesting. FHB did not pay me on time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Please transfer me. That's later. a perfect example. <laughs> Okay, so let's talk about, like, if you do fall for that uh, type of scam, and the Law Society calls these type of scams social engineering scams, 
yeah. where you actually fall for the change in payment instructions. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, usually I guess that would be to satisfy an invoice or something like that, yeah. I, I would imagine. Well, then, then who's actually responsible for that? Yeah, that totally depends. There's there's other terms for it that people might have heard, like email hacking or business email compromise, um, business fraud, whatever the term. Um, it, it completely depends on whether or not the parties have a system in place that deals with that. So, for example, the most likely way that would be documented is in a contract. So if you are contracting with a different company, there could be a term about what happens in the event that one of us gets hacked and somebody sends money to the wrong person. That, that's it. Have you seen that, Tanvir, in, in any contracts, like a hacking clause? I have seen things like that in um, certain software providing contracts where a company will be contracting a third-party software provider to use their software services in their business. Um, And then there's terms in there, obviously, about privacy, um, anything that's shared, any data on your software is shared with this third party. So there's um, confidentiality and privilege stuff. And then also they're indemnifying each other for anything to do with another third party that might take that confidential information and run with it. So that would include a lot of their standard wording includes hacking and But But that. where does the risk come from? If I'm just a, an average Joe contractor issuing an invoice, then the person I issue the invoice to accepts the scammer's instructions to send the money somewhere else. Like, who would be That's responsible? That's the person who sent the money. That has nothing to do with the person who provided an invoice. Well, but the person who provided the invoice doesn't get paid then. Yeah, so they're still waiting to get paid. That's a different show. <laughs> Garnishment. But who's responsible? For the person who still needs to get paid? Yes. Still the person who sent money to the fraudster. Ah, See? is that right? Well, I mean, that it, it could be, but this is something for the courts. So I guess we'll have to just see what they say. And it hasn't been, um, I think it's an emerging issue, no doubt. And it's, it's typically reserved for trial. And, and there is somewhat of a framework, but it's really what we talked about. Is there a contract? Absent a contract, um, is there evidence of willful misconduct or dishonesty or was a party negligent? Are you saying that in terms of not getting paid, like yeah. who's liable? Do you mean if we send an invoice yes. to a client, <clears throat> yeah. the client pays a hacker who yes. looked like us, different yes. email, emailed them at four in the yes. morning and yeah. said, actually, yes. don't respond to our uh, Debbie yes. at our accounting department. Pay me at this link. Yeah. Yeah. And they do it. Yes. So they would be taking us to court saying, well, no, I paid this yes. and I'm not going to know. So, yes, it's not cut and dry, unfortunately, Tanvir. Um, and I'm, I'm sure some listeners are going to be quite shocked at that. But it really is a fact finding exercise, which happens frequently in the law. I'd like to say that with respect, there is a, a slightly different take in the U.S., which I, I think the, the Canadian courts infrequently, because again, this is such a novel issue, they've mentioned it. In the United States, what needs to be determined is who was in the best position to prevent the fraud in the first place. So when parties are going to court, one person's going to argue, well, your anti-scam or your scam protection or anti-fraud protection wasn't up to snuff or wasn't up to the reasonable standard that it ought to have been. Therefore, how can we be liable? 
And the other side could could blame the same thing or say, well, your um, accounts department should know what the red flags are. They should know that the scams abound. They should have read the email better. Again, going back to those those red flags that we we previously discussed. So it really is a fact finding exercise as to what was reasonable in the circumstances and indeed what your security looks like. For the business that you're in. Mm -hmm. I think as time goes on and as we get more online and as our technology continues to adapt and grow, I feel like all this cyber hacking and I can't even like think of all the words, but this is all just going to get worse and worse. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's why we have so many like just here at FHMP, I feel like almost every other week we have server updates and our computers are being updated and then that's exactly why. Yeah. We even get those testing emails to see who clicks oh, on suspicious God. emails. Yeah, the that. phishing emails yeah. from inside our, the firm. Yeah. They're watching us. Our yeah. IT department <laughs> will send us these hacker emails to see who is clickbait <laughs> who is doing it yeah. who is our weakest link <laughs> now, there are some people who just really want to click that link and they're getting quite sophisticated like uh, you have a voicemail message from such and oh, such you know i haven't and, gotten uh, that one yeah so quite interesting but it just makes me wonder how far you have to go like how much should we be posting online like should we be posting who's working in our accounting department mm -hmm. because right. you know that that would be something then that a, a scammer would know and maybe start with this uh, sure uh, this social engineering type of scam right know, and I, I don't even think it would it would be necessarily that hard to I mean there's LinkedIn and mm -hmm. if you you know you could target not that I'm giving ideas here but <laughs> you could you could target a firm or, or another business and, and see who works there and in what capacity and and I mean again there's fraudsters with much higher criminal intent than than I could say on this on this show that mm -hmm. I'm sure they've got it figured out. So you just have to have your wits about you. All right. So I hopefully uh, we haven't just scared everybody and uh, we've learned to be, I guess you've got to be really up to date with your mm -hmm. security. And uh, set up auto deposit. If you have an online banking account, just set up auto deposit and forego the question where you have to, you know, have the funds held somewhere and then answer the security question to deposit because in the time that it takes for you to do that a scammer can infiltrate and oh really and really? yeah absolutely I so i that's my unsolicited advice is set up auto deposit okay, huh. okay. Mm -hmm. apparently at the end of each podcast where we have a guest i ask tell us something about yourself so andrea tell us something about yourself that we wouldn't know, but not enough to open up a hacker to your personal life. <laughs> Just a fact that we wouldn't know about Just you. Just a fact that you wouldn't know about me, which totally pertains to... Not, not your PIN number. Uh, not my PIN number. No, not, um, yeah. it, circle, <laughs> where do you bank? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Circling, what was your mother's maiden name? <laughs> oh my goodness. I can't tell you that for, for certain reasons. No, um, I totally fell victim to one of those not in not in the to the extent that we've been discussing today, but the example that Tanbeer showed about the funny message from Clay that wasn't actually from Clay. That happened to me early on in when I was an articled student here and it was sent at five AM mm -hmm. from another partner at the firm mm -hmm. and I absolutely freaked out because it was like, I need your assistance immediately this morning. And then I went to the assistant and I was like, I don't know where this, this partner is. Like they're not here yet. And they sent me this very intense email and I'm stressed out. And so I've totally been a victim of yeah. 
of one of those emails. So that's kind of. Did, did you respond to that email? I yes. can't remember. <laughs> you know, I, I might no have. Problem. I might have. But I'm now. what the next email was. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you probably didn't. I don't think no. I did. I think I was just holding off but i got one the same one i got from you something very similar from doug yeah. one again i was like yeah it was the same thing That's like super early and i was like Ooh, yes yeah. i have to go in early today exactly and then i looked at it and i was like wait a second yeah that's not his email exactly <laughs> check out and i mean they come up with really interesting mm-hmm. emails okay yeah, if it's 5 a.m just know it's not from me okay <laughs> good to, noted <laughs> all right well thank you very much andrea Thanks for having me. This was fun. FHMP lawyers are rooted in community and ready to help. Send your business law questions to podcast at fhplawyers.com.